Start Your Engines podcast reincarnated because this week my guest at Texas Motor Speedway, my co-host, is Brant James from USA Today Sports. We are back together. He was my first podcast co-host, and now we're here again. Welcome, Brant. How are you? I'm great. I They couldn't keep us apart, and honestly, I'm a little misty right now because I'm starting to get those feelings back of what it was like with our, our camaraderie and our continuity you would complete my sentences. Like, I was Are you saying, sure you're not just dehydrated, though? Uh, I get four solid bags of IV, margarita IV, and I am good to go. Okay, because I think that's where the tears are coming from, the extra fluids that you just received in the care center. Mm, you're so, Okay, well, whatever it is, I'm feeling good, so let's just run with it. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, Jimmy Johnson ran with it today at Texas Motor Speedway. He won again, uh, seventh time he's won here at Texas for seven-time is his nickname. I don't know if you knew that, Brant. I've heard that once. We should copyright that and make a lot of money before he realizes. I could put it on some hats. I'm getting good at that. <laughs> By the way, the, the the hat of yours that I'm wearing right now, I really like it. The green one with the black brim. I think you should get those for everybody. Are you hallucinating, Brant? No. Brant's lying, everybody. He's fake newsing. You know what? This is not the first time this weekend you fake newsed it because let's just back up for a second. We'll get to the Jimmy John stuff. But during the Xfinity race, Bubba Wallace... Okay, there was some question in the media center whether he had contact. He did it. No. Okay, but you claimed that Bob Pockers said that he did. So all these people got riled up. And they're like, I'm team Bob. But Bob never said that. I didn't necessarily exactly say that, but I implied it strongly enough that they just went with it. And no one questioned. See, people, it's a room full of reporters. They got to go to the source. They're two feet away from Bob. And because me, my, myself, the knucklehead said, oh, Bob agrees with me. Everyone runs with it and starts tweeting each other instead of talking to each other. What We are weird. Why do we do that? I know. I tweeted to Jim Utter, who was, I also could have just told him. Yes. I said, just turn around. Bob's right behind you. <laughs> Ask him. We were arguing about whether Bob said this or not. He could have just turned around or I could have just said to Bob, I know we, we need to work on our skills. Here. But the thing with Bob is he is so attuned to what's going on during the race. He had his earplugs in, so he's not listening to the, you know us be idiots. He's listening to like if somebody in the in the five cars got a camber issue. Meanwhile, we're arguing around him like we're at Thanksgiving dinner and we're, we're trying to you know like figure out who's going to get Grandma's uh, will when, when you know who gets the inheritance when she dies. Bob's like, ah, da, da, da. uh oh, there's going to be some trouble with the tire, and uh, we're just idiots. Sometimes I try to get Bob's attention, do like a little wave or whatever. And like, I, I know he sees me, but he ignores me anyway. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just not going to go there. But by the way, for the record, there was contact. There was, not. There was no contact. There was. But let's just move on. Yeah, you can't remember the lie. All right. So lies aside, uh, Jimmy Johnson wins. Um, so what's the truth here, Brant? Did you think that this was going to be a possibility for him today? I didn't think so. He had a little bit of an adventurous weekend. He slides right off the track on Friday, and then he flat spots the tires, and he's got to go to the back. And I mean, it, everyone came here with, with with nothing, no data. And obviously, the you know Chad Canals and then the forty eight guys have been great. Uh, what was it five out of the last eight? Well, now it's five out of the last eight. 
and you know you throw away the book you know chad's a smart guy and jimmy's a you know interplanetary otherworldly driver but if you got no info you got no info um they got no baseline but it, it seemed to me that like watching chad he said, I, what was the phrase he uses? We had to kind of go old school with it. And certainly this sport is driven by technology and, and numbers and such. But it, I have a feeling that he really liked being forced to come here. And for, for three days, he had to be the smartest guy in, in the garage. And, and they did it. They gave Jimmy a car that was good enough in the end for him to win this race, to be Jimmy at Texas. Are you like me in that um, every time you start to question the 48 team, even the slightest bit in your mind, you just feel so dumb, like the next week. You know what I mean? Like, how how many times have we seen this? This is why I wrote in my my uh, column on the site, just like, this is so dumb. This is seriously the dumbest storyline ever. Is the 48 lost a step? Are they going to be able to come back from their bad position on the track? Whatever the case is, the answer is always, they're fine. Yeah. It's always They're always going to be there. Yeah. The only qu- I agree with you, but the, the only question, Mark, about this case was, like this to me, this was like a chip for him. Uh, this is a, a track where they come and they, you know, they can get the win where they need it in the spring, and and it's really important in the fall. And it's it's like you you took a you took a couple of home games away from his season. So, you know, winning here I think is is a really big deal. But yeah, we we write off. People want to see dynasties. I don't know, fail. They they want to f- assume that people are are fallible. You know, they're human too clear that jimmy johnson is not human only in the sense that he overheats and needs iv sometimes and but but he came into the room and he was immediately talking about what guacamole sunburn chips and going to mexico and, mar- and margaritas yeah. yeah exactly he's gonna get a good buzz if he's a couple pints low with fluids <laughs> yeah it, that's gonna kick in right away the margaritas are gonna go straight in yeah um he'll ride 200 miles yes he'll he'll ride all of mexico on his bike. Yeah, he's definitely going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny after the race, Dale Jr. was talking because Dale Jr. didn't have a problem with fluids, but he had a problem with his air conditioning unit in the car. So he was really overheated, one of the most overheated I've seen him. And he was like, you know, kind of looking in bad shape. And so then he, he was talking about it, how it was really hot. And then he sort of catches himself and he goes, you know, I, I did do a pair of 20 mile uh, bike rides this weekend, but. Jimmy did like a hundred. So I guess that's not really an excuse, you know? Yeah. And, and as someone who foolishly tried to ride a bike in Texas yesterday, granted one of those cheapies that you get, you know, get a credit card in the, in the machine and Jimmy's probably riding a bike that's more expensive than my house. Still riding a bike in Texas absolutely sucks. And I will never try it again because it is full on hair dryer hurricane. Every direction you go, it changes in your face. Can you imagine riding a bike out here on this prairie plain tumbleweed? thing man i can ri- imagine writing it and that's why i didn't write it yesterday because i thought about it i imagined it and i thought that would not be a very fun experience i'm surprised that you did that how was going uphill way harder than downhill like almost twice as hard i think that's how it usually is though um I, i'm not into the science stuff but but again you were right you're always so smart about most things except when there's collision with cars on the racetrack and you're just dead wrong I'll let that one slide. Let's talk about Kyle Larson. Another second place finish. But what the hell, man? Where'd Ganassi come from? This is very unexpected for me. This, and by the way, there's no like fluke now where, oh, they have a, a nice little start to the season. No, they're like for real. I mean, like for real, for real. Yeah, the Ganassis are like the best Chevys. Yeah, what the hell? I mean, 
no, I hope Chip doesn't get mad if he's listening to this because I, I Chip doesn't listen to the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. I can assure you. Maybe he would have listened to Start Your Engines, but not this. Uh, I've just got a text, and you're not allowed to say Start Your Engines anymore. If you do, then <laughs> they're coming after me. Yeah, we're gonna put you down. Uh, but we may just take a big box of hats as compensation. But um, the Ganassi's are really good. I mean, talking to Chip, he's he's a guy. He he likes to build the parts. Uh, you know, he's, he's got to put the organization together. He's got to have good engineers. You got to have good shot guys. You got to get good stuff. And it, it, he makes it sound like, you know, he, he obviously is very smart for going and getting this Kyle Larson kid who many, many drivers said was going to be the real deal. But he's he's got good cars. He, he's got something to work with every single week. And um, I mean, he, he's making the most of them. Yeah. How about a team that is not as good? Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. My goodness. I want to talk to Denny Hamlin after the race. Uh, he stood on pit road for like almost 20 minutes afterwards. Um, really they had a, a bad day overall. Their best driver today was Kyle Busch, 15th place, Kenseth 16th, Suarez 19th, Hamlin 25th. Hamlin said, um, his quote was something like, uh, we had a 20th place car at best all day. I mean, they are out to lunch. What happened to Gibbs? Yeah. It is, is the new is the new Camry doing this to them? He mentioned that as part of the reason, but I can't imagine that that's all of it because Furniture Row seems okay. Yeah. I, well, maybe maybe it's a people thing. Maybe, maybe uh, Carl Edwards is a wind beneath their wings. Carl Edwards was the secret sauce <laughs> yeah. to JGR all these years. As soon as he left, they fell apart. He was that sweet onion Vidalia sauce. <laughs> oh, put, put that on the JGR chicken teriyaki sandwich. Please send my gift card, too. <laughs> Very nice. Well, it, it is very mystifying, though, because, like, you could understand if Furniture Row hadn't showed much speed and, like, Truex wasn't very good. I know Eric Jones had sort of a tough day, but Truex was his usual Truex, I guess, yeah. if that's a way to describe it. Um, and But they seem so disconnected. I don't know. It It's very tough to explain what's going on there. Obviously, they're missing it, um, but I just don't. I, I don't know if this is something where it's going to be going on all season or they're just off a little bit and they can make a gain. I mean, are they, like, screwed? It, it's especially in stark contrast to last year. Uh, they won half the regular season in 15 out of 36, I think. I think I've read that something, something like that. And, that sounds and, right. And just to be so out to lunch on it right now is really incredible. I mean, like we were talking about, it, the things you grope for are, are the, the people out. I mean, you're not going to say, oh, man, Daniel Suarez is the black spot that's killed Joe Gibbs racing. But, you know, a veteran in Carl Edwards out and a new piece of equipment has got to be a big part of it. Well, what's interesting, I mean, you look at the standings. Um, Kyle Busch is the highest driver for them in seventh. Hamlin is 16th, um, barely hanging on to what would be a chase spot at the moment. And then Kenseth is 22nd. Suarez is 23rd. Like, it was all about JGR last year. All four drivers, oh, yeah, they made it easily, no problem. Could all four be in the championship was a storyline at one point. Now, at some point, you're going to have a situation in a few weeks from now, if they keep going like this, where it's going to be like, uh, how many JGRs are going to miss it? That's crazy. It's, it's pretty It's it's pretty stunning. I mean, Kyle Busch is going to get it together. He's he's going to do something extraordinary. He, he's going to win some. Um, but yeah, it just, it, it's hard to believe it was just a year ago where, you know, Toyota's ruining NASCAR and it's going to be a, a Joe Gibbs scrimmage at uh, Homestead for the title. 
Yeah, I want to read you a, a speaking of we're bouncing around with teams here, but I think it's it's sort of interesting. I want to read you a quote from Dale Jr. talking about another team, uh, Team Penske. He said after the race, I think the number two car and the number 22 have really been the class of the field. I saw those guys weaving after the race and downshifting hard to reset their housing. So we have to figure out what they're doing and see if we can't make it better. Damn. Calling them out. That That's a news cycle maker. And, and, and Junior knows full well that everything he says gets parsed. We're kind of doing it right now. And it's going to be everywhere. And, oh, yeah, that, that just just having that scrutiny go, go toward Team Penske is just wonderful. Any extra eye that any of their competitors, you know, can think is on them is just it's wonderful. He, he slipped it seamlessly into his quotes. Um, apparently, he also said it on the team radio uh, after the race. So it'll probably maybe appear on radioactive or get picked up by some of those shows. And um, yeah, he, he can just like that, deliver a little message, get NASCAR to pay more attention to them without hardly doing anything. Just make it seem like, Oh yeah, you know, we, we got to catch up to them because they're um, weaving, which is not allowed by the way. You cannot weave. You cannot weave. Weaving is very bad. That's like an L one point something like bad. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> it's definitely an L of some kind. And then um, downshifting hard to reset their housing, moving some sort of a part. Around. Be, okay, it, I don't. I'm not a guy that like changes my own oil or anything like. But he's got to be talking about shocks, right? And and Penske's been renowned like throughout time, like they're really good with shocks. I thought, I thought it was like shifting the rear end, like moving the whole rear end housing. Like if they're downshifting hard, I assume. Yeah, like the car's going somewhat forward and it's sort of locking the rear end back into place or I something. I myself to, to know nothing about cars. Well, like I know. Well, maybe just cut this whole big part out. Edit. Anyway, so Team Penske is something to watch. But uh, yeah, he, he said it on an off week. This is going to cook for two weeks. It's just going to stew in that little NASCAR pressure cooker. It's, it is going to be very interesting. Um, but really, if you think about it, I mean, the Penske cars have looked even better than Ganassi. And how interesting is it that it's Penske versus Ganassi this year uh, in NASCAR? What? The, those guys, IndyCar, NASCAR, they're just banging heads. I mean, the Fords, it, it's like Funville in for Ford right now. They get the 500. They bring in uh, Stuart Haas. And uh, I was talking to uh, Steve Newmarket at Roush. I'm like, you know, what's the combination here? What did Ford get right in the offseason? What's Stuart Haas adding to the pot? And he's like, it's a little bit of everything. Obviously, bring in a team with a lot of resources that are that kind of does its own thing and share some information what they can, what they're willing to do. Ford's all right. They're like they're like the new Toyota. Well, and let's talk about another Ford who we haven't mentioned yet, Ryan Blaney. Ooh, a little bit uncomfortable there, I feel, about Ryan Blaney because... He was dominating the race, and then they make what seemed like a curious pit call at the time. Now, I will say it ended up look, looking like a lot better pit call in general because uh, two other drivers that did it were Jimmy Johnson, who won, and Larson, who finished second. So it wasn't like this was a disastrous call. However, it wasn't good for Blaney, who, because of the strategy at the end of Stage 2, ends up getting um, boxed in on a restart is later far back ends up sliding over his pit stall. It's probably not because of that, but it happened. And he ends up finishing 12th after leading 148 laps. That has to be painful for YRB. 
Yeah, he was really trying to make lemonade out of those lemons in the uh, in the post race, but you could see it bummed him out. Did you see that odd moment he had at the end of the press conference? Uh, we, we didn't. You know, maybe he wasn't feeling well. He just had an odd sort of like moment. I don't know. I don't think he like suddenly had some sort of deep melancholy about his finish. But he also had the incident with uh, with Lejoy. I mean, he he had a little little temper thing there. I mean, he, it was justified. I mean, he kind of got cut off. But yeah, I mean, I I think that this race could. In the new segment era, stages era, what are we supposed to call it? Stages, stages era, I guess. Sure. The chapter two, in chapter two, when they when they went for the points, this is going to be an interesting case study on seeing like the give and take and who got burned throughout the season, setting up for the end or going for points because it was clear they wanted those points. They didn't have any any, and they and they got them, but they got back in the pack. They couldn't come through, and you know, if we get toward Richmond, we'll see how this all plays out. There's there's gonna be a lot of bookkeeping and accounting when you get to the end of the season because you got drivers right now that are doing math in their heads during during races. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it before. Any time a, dra- a driver's like agitated and thinking too much, it's probably more entertaining. But man, they do some weird things when they're little little mouse, little rat wheels running hard. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I just thinking back on it now, I just feel like okay, he's he's he wins stage one, he's got a shot to win stage two, but for a guy that has never won a race, for a team that hasn't won since Trevor Bain in the Daytona 500, um, and who is not locked into the chase by any means, or sorry, the chase, the playoffs, whatever. I I know. Anyway, um, I mean, you know, he's he's sixth in points right now, but. It's just, uh, you know, I just feel like maybe why not keep that track position, especially at Texas where it's usually difficult to pass. It's an unknown. Why not keep that? I don't know. I, I just don't feel like that was the, but, the best move. But maybe, and I'm making some lemonade now too, maybe that's a function of a driver and a team that know that they don't need a Hail Mary Bushard Pocono like that to make the chase. They think they have wins in them. Maybe, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good vibes. I do want to go back. Uh, just you mentioned it, but he had a. It was weird at the end of his press conference. I don't know his like voice trade off. He the, his last quote was, he's talking about the teams, the off week. They've been working super hard, and it's good for them to get an off week and spend with a week with their family. And then he sort of just like trailed off, and he goes, "But yeah." And then he just gets up, and yeah. that was it. Was, it was that after he talked about not getting to go to London with Chase Elliott? Yes, it was. He said, I was going to go to London with Chase, and then he bailed, so that was nice. But he didn't want to go over there. I thought that would have been pretty neat to go. I've never been to London before. Now, let's let's talk about this from the perspective of a poor person, which I consider myself and, you know, I don't know, you're a multinational corporation. <laughs> I'm a little poorer than you at the moment, Fran. <laughs> I'm not lending you any more money. Anyway, back to my point. They they kind of maybe had a trip to London and he bailed. So that means one of two things: they bought tickets to London and Chase just said, "Nah, let's not." So he eats a massive ticket, right. or they were going to buy tickets on the spur of the moment to go to London, which would have been a bajillion d dollars. Or they had a private jet, a private plane that was going to go. Oh, I, I so did this wrong. I was so need to be richer. You really think, though, that if, if Chase Elliott was going to eat the ticket that he cares about the $200 change fee? <laughs> <laughs> you know, every dollar counts. Every yeah. single dollar. That's why Blaney's pissed. He's like, damn, that $200 change fee, Chase. I mean, <laughs> the pound to dollar uh, tr- currency has never been a better time to go. The dollar is very strong against the pound, and you're going to eat this, eat the $200 change fee at a time when we could be making some bank? It, Blaney could be very concerned about what London's going to be like in a post-Brexit world. You got to go while they're still in the EU. We talk about it every single day. 
<laughs> All right, uh, Brant, um, off week coming up, and then is Bristol Motor Speedway. You know, that's already going to be the eighth race of the cup season, I believe. Kind of like getting to the point now where it's like, okay, uh, you know, same people need to get going. Um, you're drawing something in your head. I'm trying to figure out if that's a quarter of the season, eight to 36 divided by eight, 40, eight times five is four. We're going to need to edit this part too. You know, you're, you're, we're just exposing that we're not very good at math, but I think the one third mark of the season of the regular season is quickly approaching. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, by, by the way, before we go on to the, my question, uh, why are you wearing beads? You know why I wear beads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> you want these beads? Okay, this got really uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. So who, who in your mind um, is in trouble a little bit at the one-third mark? Who needs to pick it up and show some more performance that, that you expected was going to be having a better year? Thought Austin Dillon might might and and I mean just back to the previous topic Kenseth you know he's got to get it there. It is surprising though Dillon is twenty first in points. I thought he was better than that. Yeah, I did too. And how about his day? Broke a track bar. Yeah. Before the race starts and starts at twelve laps down. And he finishes thirty third. So he beat several. I mean, so it pays to get back out there. Yeah. You know. I I have a feeling someone at RCR is getting or has gotten really yelled at for that. I would love to know the process of how that happened. Do you think that the guy who get, couldn't get the tear off of Jimmy's car all the way off got yelled at after, even though that they won by Chad? I think he got a Yeah, he probably still did. I agree. Yeah. You know who probably is to blame for that? Who? Penske's. <laughs> they were doing something with the downshifting that made his windshield tear off stick on the thing. All right. So let me, you stole my point sheet, Brant. Um, Okay, so I'm my pick is going to be, um, you know, I will. This is a little bit odd to say, but um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say AJ Allmendinger because I felt like they were making gains. He started off the season so well, and then he gets that 35 point penalty, um, and I just thought that they were they were going in the right direction a little bit more. Um, they have they did show some good signs like at at uh, Martinsville. But then today, twentieth. Uh, I don't know. I just thought I thought they were going to be getting some more top fifteens this year. Maybe there's still time, but that's just one guy I'm throwing out there. But you know, Brant um, Hendrick Motorsports does get their first win of the year uh, today. It did take a while, um, but so th- there's a few people on Hendrick Motorsports that actually went to uh, the sponsor of today's podcast. Did you know that? Uh, I'm, this blank stare on my face is yearning for you to fill me in. Well, your son is named Sam, and the today's podcast sponsor is Sam Tech, which is the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. And they have several workers, I am told, at Hendrick Motorsports who are graduates of their program. What do you think about that? Winners. Pumping out winners. It's like your son, Sam. By the way, did he win the soccer game? He lost. I'm sure, sorry I brought that up. But at Sam Tech, you won't lose because if you could go, uh, you, you could go to the block program, the head program, CNC program, uh, motorsport EFI tuning. If you know somebody that's interested in a career in motorsports, like the people who are in Victory Lane today, Sam Tech would be a good idea for you to go to. Maybe not your son, Sam, because he seems to be on the soccer path despite the loss. But 
perhaps somebody in motorsports, uh, if you know anybody, go to samtech.edu and start your education at full speed, Brant. That's that was well done. Well, I actually read that part. I made up the rest, but talking about how well you read that. Oh, well, thank you. Because those words are not very big. Well, I actually didn't read most of it. I was just kind of doing it off the top of my head because I've talked to Brian Massengill, who is from Santec, and he's kind of like filled me in on this. Mm -hmm. So that's how I knew the Hendrick part. The Hendrick part is not on my sheet, but I was like, so wait, where do where do the people come from? Who who are your graduates in NASC that work in NASCAR? He's like, oh, we got some people at Hendrick, and I'm like, boom. If Hendrick wins, I'm going to mention that. And they did. Put that on the marquee. Brant, any final thoughts? Uh, I know I can't say the the name of our former podcast anymore because you're going to sue me. But You can say it all day long. It's not me. It's the suits, man. It's always the suits. Okay, well, I missed uh, the Start Your Engines podcast, and you were uh, once again proved why uh, you were such a good person to work with on that. Um, what did you write about today for USA Today for your column? This cat, Jimmy Johnson, uh, won the race. Just talked about how it was uh, a typical-looking result for Jimmy, but he took a really atypical route to get there, right down to ending the day, getting some ugh, needles stuck in his arm, which gives me the willies. It does. Well, I won't have the willies when I pick up USA Today tomorrow and read your great column, I'm sure, or read it online. Thank you, Brant, for joining us. Um, we will talk to you later this week on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast when Jimmy Johnson is the social spotlight interview. Coincidence? Yes, that worked out very well. And Casey Kane, his teammate, um, happens to be the 12 questions this week. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>